Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Good afternoon, Dog Speak Geeks. I hope you are having a wonderful day. Uh, at least it is afternoon for me while I'm recording this. Maybe it's morning time for you or evening time for you. Whatever it is, I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope you're having a wonderful week. And I hope that uh, you are getting prepared to go back to what life was giving you before. But I hope it's better. I hope you're going back to life better than it was before. And I hope you took the opportunity in this downtime to reflect and rejuvenate yourself. Maybe you are making new priorities. Maybe you are uh, setting new goals. And maybe one of those goals is to make your dog a better dog. Maybe being at home this time with your dog, you've realized that they're really not as angelic as you thought. Uh, so, you know, there are a lot of podcasts that you can listen to from us that will talk to you about your dog's behavior. But today, specifically, I want to talk about something that many dogs do suffer from. And whether your dog suffers from it right now or has ever suffered from it, um, I don't want them developing it when you do go back to work. And that is separation anxiety. Now, separation anxiety is basically distress and uh, poor behaviors from your dog when they are separated from you for long periods of time. Now, that long period of time can be just minutes. Uh, and, and many dogs have that major case to where just being minutes away from their owners, it can stress them out. But you can have mild to moderate cases as well, uh, which this basically means that the dog is maybe barking a lot when you're gone. Maybe it is destroying some things that it's not destroyed before. It may be eliminating in the house when it was fully housebroken. Maybe it's scratching up walls or chewing on door frames. 
These are all signs of separation anxiety, and they do go from moderate to severe. But we want to make sure that your dog does not show any of these signs when you go back to work. You've been home, you've been with the dog, and the routine is off. Uh, now there's a new routine, but when you go back to work, now that routine that you've established these last four to six weeks are going to be off, and now there's going to be a new routine. So we want to prepare your dogs for that. There are many things that we can go ahead and start doing to help your dog um, avoid separation anxiety. But there are also some things that you can do once you are back to work that can also assist your dog with separation anxiety. Now, with separation anxiety, sometimes uh, the signs may not show uh, unless the dog is home for an hour or two by themselves, but they can even start showing, signs can start showing about 30 minutes prior to you even leaving because when you get ready to leave the house, there are certain things that you go through. There's a certain routine you probably go through of uh, putting your shoes on, grabbing a bag, uh, grabbing your keys, turning off lights, locking doors, or maybe placing your dog into an isolation area. So the dog starts to see these behaviors um, as the cue that you are about to leave the house. And so anxiety can begin to kick in. Now, most dogs, I think that if you've had, if you've never had a separation anxiety issue and you've been home for the last four to six weeks and you're going to be going back to work, your dog will probably show maybe some mild symptoms, but you're not going to get any of those symptoms that will show the, you know, 30 minutes prior uh, because you've not established any of those cues because you've not really been going anywhere. Now, um, there are things that I want you to start doing now, though, to prepare your dog for going out um, and going back to work. Uh, you know, there are going to be some dogs that are grateful that you are gone because they can get back to their routine. And, uh, you know, that's, that's fine. But for those that are a little overly dependent, uh, we want to set them up for some success. So if let's talk about the mild case. I just want to talk about mild cases here or if we think that the dog may have a mild case because the majority of your severe cases, even moderate to severe cases, uh, they've been going on for a long time. Um, the first thing is to keep your dog safe, I would recommend using a crate or isolating them to an area. We personally use a crate for the puppy and then we use the laundry room with a gate uh, for the older dogs. So you want to find a place where they can safely be, where they find comfort, where they have their bed, maybe some chew toys, uh, but they know that that's their area and it's kind of a safe zone. Now you'll only want to use those areas if your dog is not trying to injure themselves. If they are trying to injure themselves, then it's going to be a whole nother conversation that we need to have. Uh, but again, I'm going to talk more about the mild cases or the possibility of mild cases. So using a crate or an isolation area will keep them safe and keep them away from grabbing things they shouldn't grab um, or chewing on things that they shouldn't be chewing on. So in order to be successful with this though, I know that you've been home. Um, I want you to go ahead and start crating or isolating your dog throughout the day. So if you have a home office and that's where you work, um, don't allow your dog in there with you. If you normally work you know, out of the home, uh, if your dog is normally crated when you are gone, I would like for you to start crating them when you are home working in your office. That way you're simulating uh, that, that you are at work and that you're not there. 
Now, it doesn't mean the dog has to stay in there for a full eight hours. When you take breaks, if you want to take the dog out to potty or play or go for a walk, that's fine. But I want you to start using that crate or that isolation area. Now, if your dog is used to just roaming around the house, uh, then just keep them out of that office for the majority of the day and only letting them in at special times. This will help prepare them for what it's going to be like when you go back to work. Um, if you have kids, I really would recommend uh, using a crate or isolation area so where the kids aren't even bothering. This also allows a dog to relax and calm down through the day and kind of get back to a more normal routine, even though I know that kids are not going to be having a normal routine just because you're going back to work. Uh, but they may not be in the home. Uh, so you'll want to go ahead and start... Um, setting the scenario that you're back to work and that no one's home during the day. Uh, you'll want to also go ahead and start associating something with your leaving. I like to do a stuffed Kong or a special chew bone or um, some type of puzzle toy that you can leave with your dog and the only time they get that is when you're leaving the house. So you can freeze a Kong and I like using the freezed Kongs because it takes them a little bit longer uh, to uh, empty out. And so the way you would do this is I want you to go ahead and plan on uh, leaving the house for half an hour, maybe an hour. Maybe you're running to the grocery store. Maybe you're just going to go for a walk. Maybe you're just going to sit outside and enjoy the weather. Go ahead and put your dog wherever it is that you want to put them and give them that yummy reward. And then I want you to leave the house. You do not have to get in the car. You can just leave the house. You don't even have to do 30 minutes. I'm fine if you just want to do 10 to 15 minutes. The key is, is when you do come in, I want you to pick up that stuffed Kong or whatever it is that you've left, and I want you to put it away. Wait maybe 20, 30 minutes, and then give the dog the stuffed Kong again, and then leave again. So what we're doing is associating your leaving with the presence of this yummy reward. But you returning means that this precious yummy reward is gone. To make this powerful, you need to not give that to them when you are home or when you're around. So use that specifically just for when you're leaving. You also want to make sure you don't make anything a big deal. Um, you, you know, go through your regular routine, but you don't have to baby and coddle your dog and, and tell them you're going to be back and that mommy loves you 14 times. Uh, just a simple, you know, all right, I'll see you in a little bit. Be good and leave. You know, I'm, I'm not big on ignoring your dog, uh, but you don't have to make it a big deal. When you return, I also don't mind you acknowledging your dog. Just don't go overboard. You know, don't come in and bring um, a special toy to give them immediately. Don't come in and, and just throw yourself all over them because you miss them so much. Coming in with just a very simple, oh, hey, puppy, did you have a good day? Good pup. Let's go potty. And then after that... Then you can spend that time of, oh, mama missed you so much. Now, obviously, this is just to help so that we don't create separation anxiety. If you have a dog that's mentally stable, emotionally stable, healthy, and you never had a problem with this, then I could care less if you come home and love all over your dog. Um, I'm like that when I get home with my cats. Um, I love my dogs, and I do see them when I come home, but I go a little more overboard for my cats. I know it's crazy. I'm a dog trainer. I get it. But... It's something that, you know, if, you're, if your dog's healthy, you're welcome to do that. Just use your common sense with this. If your dog is struggling, just don't go overboard. 
Uh, you can also leave music on when you leave. You can turn the TV on to something good. I would, you know, something soothing and relaxing. Uh, you know, the music can be soothing and relaxing as well. Uh, you don't want anything like heavy metal to add to that stress. Uh, but you'll definitely want to, um, you know, just something that might be soothing. And they do have special CDs for dogs. I don't think you necessarily have to do that. But just maybe just a, a light rock music channel or something on the TV is fine. Again, this is not something you have to do, but just some thoughts uh, to give you if you do think you might end up with a problem. Now, one of the biggest ways to help your dog not be anxious when you leave is to give plenty of mental stimulation before you leave. And mental stimulation is about them using their brain, uh, really problem solving and thinking. So doing some hand feeding is a great way to assist with this giving them some type of puzzle toy to eat their food out of, like a tricky treat ball. Uh, those, or, you know, just a, I don't like the slow feeding bowls as a puzzle toy. I don't think that's really um, meant for mental stimulation. It's more just to slow the dog down. But there are other toys that you can get to feed that way. A snuffle mat, uh, you can use something like that as well. But to give that mental stimulation, once that brain is worn out, then the dog will be grateful for the silence and the quiet of the house. Um, and will uh, have no energy to be um, anxiety-ridden. Now, I say mental stimulation over physical because physical stimulation increases our energy and gives us stamina. So if you try to take your dog for a big run or a big walk before you go to work, you're going to bring the dog back, and the dog is just going to rest for a few minutes and then have all this energy with nowhere to put it. Um, and so that's a lot of times where you'll start to get some behavior problems in the house because the dog is just full of himself with no outlet. Uh, so I don't recommend big exercising uh, regimens before you leave the dog. Uh, now, if you've got time, if you're, you know, exercise the dog and you got a couple of hours before you leave the house, you should be okay. But I would not be running the dog or walking the dog or throwing the ball with fetch for, you know, 30 minutes and then leaving in the next 15, you're gonna go ahead and set your dog up for some failure on that. Um, another good way of doing it um, is of, or just dealing with things is building that confidence up so the dog doesn't have a chance to have uh, the anxiety. Anxiety comes from a lack of confidence and so by doing some hand feeding and problem solving skills uh, and really make it, teaching them to think for themselves can make a huge difference in eliminating the anxiety uh, that they feel. Typically when I deal with any type of behavior problems that are linked to a lack of confidence, the first thing I'm going to do is do hand feeding exercise and set expectations. Uh, this helps to increase the confidence, which in turn helps to eliminate a lot of the symptoms like uh, fear and anxiety. Um, you know, that's a, there are so many ways that you can do that and, and you can easily just do a search online uh, for ways of building confidence. Um, but there's also a ton of um, just exercises that will enrich your dog's life. Uh, it's enrichment. Uh, I know there's a specific Facebook page just for that. You could probably even find some YouTube videos. So there's a lot of things you can do with enrich enrichment um, with your dog and that again helps with the mental stimulation. Now once you go back to work, if your dog is suffering from some things, uh, my recommendation is uh, to find a playmate. Um, someone that maybe can come over with their dog uh, once a day to play. Maybe you'll want to hire a dog walker or someone to let your dog out in the backyard to play. Uh, being that kids are not going to be going back to school, uh, maybe there is a 
teenager that uh, could use the extra funds to come and let your dog out. Um, I wouldn't necessarily let them take dogs for walks unless they've had some training for that. But to let your dog out, just go potty, maybe throw the ball a little bit, maybe do a little hand feeding exercises, um, or just hanging out with the dog for 30 minutes. That's a good way to help your dog feel um, a little more comforted uh, throughout the day if they're used to having that. And you could probably find someone uh, that's pretty affordable to do that, especially, like I said, with the kids that are not be going back to school and most of them are going to have a hard time finding a job right now with things slowly opening back. Uh, so those are a few things that you can do uh, to help uh, greatly decrease the chances of your dog having separation anxiety. But if you do seem to have a few little problems, uh, there's a, a few little things you can do there with a dog walker or just somebody letting the dog out. There's also things like doggy daycare, uh, finding a doggy daycare that has the proper training. Uh, you do not want to just drop your dog off at anyone um, that claims that they're a doggy daycare. Um, you want to make sure that you really inquire about how their staff is trained, how old are their supervisors, um, I do not recommend anyone under the age of 18 supervising a daycare group. Um, I don't want more than uh, 12 to 15 dogs per person based on their experience. Uh, you'll want to make sure you have a daycare that is not allowing dogs to climb all over things, uh, sit up on benches or tables. Um, I don't like the equipment that a lot of daycares use because it's dangerous for the dogs, um, as well as it creates... Um, some difficult views to where the supervisor has a hard time seeing all the dogs. And the most important thing about supervision is being able to see the dogs all the time uh, because things can happen very quickly. So if there's a difficult view um, of a dog, then that can create problems. But that's a whole other podcast, which maybe I should probably do. Um, I think I will do that. Maybe that'll be next week's podcast. But in the meantime, you do need to make sure that you do your research, ask to watch video cams. Um, and if you are really concerned about a daycare, feel free to shoot us an email. I'll be happy to look at the website or if they have cameras and, and watched. And I can give you the opinion on that because I do have very strong opinions since I do train daycare staff and help set daycares up. That's one of the things that we offer. Uh, we're very picky because it can be a negative thing for your dog if the facility is not correct. So that's, uh, you know, that's something that you can do as well, just finding those play dates. Um, and, you know, your dog will probably enjoy that very much. And lastly, if you do end up having a dog that has severe issues or has some confidence problems or anxiety, you know, we recommend CBD oil, full spectrum. We do have a podcast on that. And then for very severe cases where the dog is actually injuring themselves, medication is usually needed to help along with a training program. Uh, now what we talked about today is not a training program. Um, it is not uh, the steps that we take um, in every case, but these are definitely some things that we can do to help avoid it. This is more about avoiding separation anxiety instead of the treatment of separation anxiety. So uh, I think separation anxiety can easily be avoided um, if we do not overcompensate in um, comforting our dogs. Um, and, you know, if you have a dog that follows you from room to room, um, I'm okay with that unless your dog has a fit when you go to the bathroom and close the door. 
Uh, if your dog is having a fit and you're in the house in another room, you've got some problems and I recommend doing some training and, uh, and helping that dog get through it because it's not pleasant for the dog either. Um, I do not recommend medication until training has been set up and training has begun. So that's just a few things. This was just more of a podcast I was thinking about, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just throw some information out there. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's something that we do deal with quite a bit. Um, but not everybody that has problems when they leave the house have separation anxiety. And what I mean by that is if your dog eliminates in the house, maybe the dog's just not housebroken. If the dog is chewing something up and, um, and whenever you leave the house, it's not necessarily separation anxiety. So if you have a puppy underneath a year that you leave free in the house and it chews things up, that's not separation anxiety. That's boredom. You put the dog outside and leave them outside whenever you're not home or you leave them outside by themselves throughout the day. Even if you are home and they tear things up, that's not separation anxiety. That's boredom. So don't automatically put a label on your dog if you're having problems. Let's look at it. Let's see truly what is going on with your dog so that we can fix it and help that dog feel better. Because if it is real anxiety, it's going to show up in other forms and it's going to continue to get worse as the dog ages. Uh, But if it's just a young dog, more than likely you're going to be dealing more with uh, puppy behaviors. So that's where a crate comes in, isolation, Um, setting the dog up for success. So anyway, that's all I got for today. Um, I just wanted to throw that out there and give you a few things to think about so that we don't run into those problems. And of course, we're always here to help you. Um, If you need help, you can reach us at info at dogspeak101.com. You can also just check out our website, dogspeak101.com, and Facebook page as well. And there's, um, we put a lot of resources there for you, videos, blogs, and of course our podcast here. Um, I hope you guys uh, continue to have a wonderful week and I, I hope that you are finding your new normal, uh, which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's probably good for us to, to have had to slow down and really think through things and, and hoping that we can come back better than ever. And we really hope that in the rest of this 2000. And 20, we get to see you face-to-face. We get to work with you and help you be the best dog owner that you can be and help your dog be the best dog that he can be. God bless and have a wonderful week.